0: This is Trigger Point, episode three. My name's Serena, and sitting across from me is my co-host, Peter. Hello, Peter.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: So, um, I guess from p- people could notice immediately that the sound quality is different from, the- from our previous episodes. Uh, why is that, Peter?
1: Well, as everyone probably have realised now, we're not doing this uh, podcast at our normal studio, my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are now at a McDonald's in, in Hong, Hong Kong. Kong.
0: Oh, why? Because we, we, te- we happen to both be holidaying in the same country pretty at much at the same, the same time. time. <laughs> so we decided, hey, let's, you know, try to do a podcast somewhere else instead of our usual. Well, we'll originally we thought we were going to do it in a quieter uh, cafe, except it is now midnight and Everything all is cas- closed. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. We, we, we thought we were going to do this at least three hours beforehand. Unfortunately, certain things got in the way, so it's now midnight in Hong Kong.
0: And the only thing opening at midnight on a Sunday in Hong Kong is the McDonald's.
1: Yes, so excuse us for the uh, (laughs) terrible quality in terms of audio format.
0: And we might ramble a bit more because I will have a hard time editing this episode.
1: Yeah, there's there's going to be no editing because it's going to be quite difficult for Serena here to try and edit stuff out. Anyway.
0: But there's something else you need to apologise for, don't you? Yes,
1: yes, yes. So before I go on, I need to apologise to all our listeners. Um, We did mention in our last podcast that we were going to do Stranger Things for this particular podcast. Now, unfortunately, due to things outside my control... Well, (laughs) some of them outside my control... um, I still haven't watched it yet. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so this podcast will not be focusing on Stranger Things. We'll leave that for next podcast. Our next episode. Instead, today we are going to do a do our podcast on a short audio book called The Dispatcher. Mm. And who is written by
0: John John Scalzi? Yeah. And. Uh... The reason why we chose jo- uh, the dispatchers first is a short story so there's only two hours and Peter should be able to hear it, uh, you know, finish the book before we needed to record. And secondly, now if you remember from the first I think it was the first episode. Yeah. Uh, Peter had mentioned why he didn't want to do audiobooks is because he didn't want to hear another person's uh, interpretations of the word. Now, uh, The Dispatcher was written specifically by John Scalzi for an audiobook format. Like, the, the physical book is not released yet. It came out first as an audiobook. So I thought, you know, if there's, any, if there's ever going to be a book that I could get Peter to listen in audiobook format, this will be it. Now, So, Peter, after listening to John Scalzi's Dispatcher, uh, which is currently free from Audible right now, so I'll put a link in there and people should go and download it and listen to it. Um, Now that we've listened to it, Peter, what do you think of audiobook as a format?
1: So, after listening to my first foray into um, audiobooks, yeah. I still maintain that it is not the best medium. I do not believe um, audiobook is a great format, especially for a book. Um, there's quite a few issues that I have with it, and I will mention that in, in a second. Um, but no, I. Okay, to be fair, after my first few hours into it, it got better in a sense that I got used to it. Um, and once you get used to the format, it's slightly less irritating. But I still have to say I didn't enjoy it um, rather as a, as a book itself. I still, I still think I would much prefer having an actual book in front of me so that I can read it.
0: Okay. Uh, do you wanna s say any of the specific reasons why you didn't like? Okay, so <laughs> uh, audiobook? Okay. Or the, are, are you okay saying that you know that's that's the reason why No
1: no 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 I have plenty of things to say why I don't like audiobook as a format. Okay, firstly there is a lot of he said, she said in an audiobook. And and this and especially with regards to this. Auto book. Only, the the o-
0: only at the start.
1: Because this is the only audio book I've actually listened to. Yeah. So I'm only basing this on my first, you know, experience with audiobook. book. Okay, the first time I've listened to this audiobook, book, especially in the first two chapters, there is a lot of he says, she says, blah, 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 blah. So.
0: Which John Scalzi is, you know, he does that often.
1: Yeah. But as a book format, you can, as a reader, I can glance over those. When I'm reading a book, I say, he said blah, 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 She says that. You, you, you naturally block those things out. You, you naturally kind of go, okay, that, that's not something that's really important for me. I'm just going to skip over those two words and just go into the conversation. When it's an audiobook format, unfortunately, it's constantly... In the foreground. I didn't think it would annoy me that much, but it turns out it does. Because Because it's it's okay, and, and it's not something that you would normally realise. And and to be fair, when I reread a lot of my other novels, it turns out that yes, that happens a lot in most novels. It doesn't annoy me when it's in a book form because I glance over those. I, my mind naturally goes into that mode, like that's not important. Go into the dialogue. And when, I, when I'm listening to an book, I can't get away from it. it. It's constantly bringing me back to the fact that it's like, yes, someone is saying this. Uh, yes, I think
0: it's more of a situation where you're not used to the format. I think that after a while, uh, just like how when you read physical words, you start to not notice that he said, she said, with audiobooks, at the same time, you stop hearing.
1: Uh, like, and, I, and, I'm, and I agree, I, it may come to a point that if I listen to enough audiobooks, <laughs> It will kind of go away. In saying that, in a normal book, I know, and I'm saying, you know, uh, look, I don't remember when I first read my book, you know, thirty years ago or something. Oh, yeah. But it's never gone to the point where it's irritated me. Well, it has when never. it's read it. We didn't know that, that exactly. Be. But but in saying that, it's never irritated me. Listening to this audiobook immediately. That's one of the first things that I would go like, oh my god. He said something oh, no, again, no, no, no. she said it, something it. again. Like, I, I don't know, it's not fair on the audiobook because it is a new media, but I can't help but, like, notice it every single time that thing's brought um, into my mind. To be fair, in this audiobook, though, later on, in the later chapters, it does do a lot less of it, which is good, because then I go like, yay, finally, I'm not, like, constantly being dragged back into... You know, he said something, she said something. Yeah. Which is good. So that that's that's better. But it still annoys me.
0: I think it depends on the book. Some books don't, right? Like, supposedly, better writers don't use he said, she said so much.
1: Yes, that is true. But in this one, it does. So that's all I'm basing well, I'm, I, it on. I shouldn't
0: say that. Okay, John Scalzi is a pretty good writer from my point of view. Yeah,
1: but he still does it. To be fair, you know, J.K. Rowling does a lot of he said, she said. So
0: She's not a...
1: <laughs> <Great>.
0: <laughs> stories are fantastic. Yes, just...
1: uh, we, uh, I think we both agree she's probably not the best writer there is, but
0: oh god, we ha- I just realised you know so many fans would hate us after we said that. Uh, yeah. uh, probably. And we can't edit this. Oh well. oh well.
1: Oh well. Oh well. Okay. Second thing that I hated about an audiobook book. Um, this this book this audiobook was uh, narrated by. Zachary Kinto, whom I love. <laughs> who I admit is a very, very good narrator when he's talking in, in, in the, like, not first person, when he's talking in the third person and when he's talking as the main character. I think mm-hmm. he was brilliant. He did everything I envisaged the main character to be, um, the way he says. The lines it, 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 when you read when you listen to him first speak it fits the main character perfectly and i loved it now my problem is in an auto book it's never about one character you never listen to just the voice of one character it's always a multitude of characters so you've got um the man character you've got the female lead You've got a lot of other people in this story.
0: But normally you only have one narrator. Normally, And you're it really depends on the narrator whether they're able to do different voices.
1: Yes. And my point is, while I think Zachary Quinn was brilliant as the main character, every time he goes into the female voice, it jars me. Like, he d- it's not like he does... Specifically, he does, like... Um, uh, he, it's not like he deliberately goes into a high-pitched voice to, or goes into falsetto to sound female, but certain inflections and certain ways he speaks, he, it does try to become more feminine in his voice. And in particular, there was a few key scenes in the scene when, when the when the female lead raises her voice and tries to make a point and his voice goes up just that... H- just slightly higher pitched than I would have liked for guys... Well, for, for his voice in particular. It just sounds a bit strained to me. And it's every time I listen to him, I'm like... Oh, that's uncomfortable. Every time I listen to him say that, it's like... Oh, that's, that's, that's quite uncomfortable. I don't want to well, hear him okay. keep on going now. I'm like, just just stop. Like, I don't want to hear him try to use that voice. It's like, speak normally. It's fine. Like, don't go like... Oh, and then he goes... Yeah. Something like that. I, I, I can't okay, do it on Okay, no, obviously.
0: no, okay. Um, I agree that with audiobooks, the problem there is sometimes narrators try to make an accent or try to make a, a, a voice that they're not very good at and then you have to deal with it. You've got to put up with, you know, really bad Indian accents or very bad... Asian accents or something. Which
1: I don't have to do if I was reading the book myself because that's in all in my head. I can think all of those things to no, myself. I don't have to listen to someone trying to improve Imp- yes. Implant I on that. me that no, this
0: is the female voice. Uh, no. yeah, oh, okay. Bad, as I say, it's not that bad. But okay. Yeah. Okay. But like, yeah, I understand that, and that is a, uh, uh, a a negative for for audiobooks. But in this book, I really don't think he did a bad job with with female voices. I actually felt it was. Quite good, but of course this is a personal choice. Stop looking at me like that, Peter. It's 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 a personal choice. So, you
1: like Zachary Quinto. I whatever do. he, whatever comes out from his mouth, you probably would like. Hey. <laughs> okay, that's probably not fair to say that. <laughs> but I, I still maintain, as I said, I loved his interpretation and his way of delivering um, male the male voices. The female voice is not like he deliberately goes into falsetto or, or he, he I think but it's, it's
0: also just, it, at the start later on it it's
1: probably not as obvious later on as well but at this, especially when you first meet um
0: Detective Lainan
1: Detective Lainan it becomes quite obvious that he's changed his voice slightly to the point where I go that sounds uncomfortable yeah, it, it sounds okay. uncomfortable for me okay Which brings me on to my third point of why I didn't like it. Okay. While I was listening to this audiobook, I was actually packing my suitcase in Tokyo, because I was in Tokyo at the time. (laughs) I was packing my suitcase while I was listening to the audiobook, because I know Serena would kill me if I didn't finish listening to it.
0: A two-hour audiobook, right? Like, if I give you a week, you should be able to finish a two-hour audiobook. So I did.
1: I, I listened to it while I was packing. I was trying to, you know... Multitask,
0: Which is one of the things I said is a good... like One of the advantages of listening to an audiobook is that you don't have to sit down and, you know, focus on reading a book. You can be doing other things like washing dishes or packing a bag.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, the point for me is while I was packing and I was listening to this audiobook, I found that I missed a lot of information about the book. To the point where when... They actually introduced the main female lead, Langdon I completely missed the fact that she was actually a female even though in the book it actually mentioned multiple times that she's a woman and and describes her it turns out I wasn't naturally paying attention I was busy doing other things and when I when and that's what it jarred me because when I was listening to his um, Zachary Quinto's interpretation of her I was like why is he speaking in such a weird voice because he was trying to do a female voice and it was like And it just really ruined that experience because I couldn't tell. I I was like, (laughs) something's off. I can't tell what's off.
0: But again, this is another situation where it's more like, you know, Peter was not used to listening to an audiobook. So therefore his mind wandered or he wasn't really concentrating or something like that. You know, whereas I think if you become more used to listening to uh, audiobooks, you, you tend to, you know, as well.
1: Yeah, but this is or when
0: no you... to re- rewind. But this but is when you told me that hey, the good thing
1: about audiobook is hey, you can do other things while you look. I and I deliberately not do anything that requires me to write anything, to read anything, because that's gonna that's gonna detract from me. And I knew that, so I was like, hey, packing, perfect time. So that's what I did. I packed and I listened. And no, I'd still missed heaps of information that I would deem actually important. and that's the that's the one thing that I really found annoying with audiobooks. When I'm reading and I skip and look, I skim read. I, I can't read every single word and be completely focused on every single word. And I admit that, that's fine. But when I'm reading a book and I skim read, I can miss out on information that, hey, I know this section's not going to be relevant to me because it's descriptions, lots and lots and lots of descriptions. I'll just go back to the next part, which I can see, hey, there's information that I need to know. It's it's natural for, a, for, for me anyway, for a reader to be able to skip those things. For an audiobook, if I miss something, it's because I either didn't listen, I couldn't hear it properly, or my mind was wandering off somewhere, and by the time I realised, hey, I don't actually get what they're saying, I'm kind of confused of where I am, by the time, it's too late, I, I... I have to actually go get off and go back and rewind and I don't know how far to rewind anyway it's just like how far is this going to get before yeah. I go back to where I needed the information and then you listen to other things that is of no relevance and you're like yes I've heard that already I don't need to know I just need to know I just need to find that in- piece of information that I just missed yep. and it t- takes really hard to get that information when you don't know where it is yeah, on yeah, an audiobook no. where it's a book I can go, yep, it's that last page we just missed. I can go back to the page and it's really quick for me to find it so yes, I do not appreciate that in an audiobook because it really frustrates me and I always miss things that I deem important but I couldn't find it again.
0: And I think like we probably need to progress to the next like, you know, my, my next suggestion for Peter would be to try and read a book that also has audio, like AudioSync, uh was it? Whisper Sync, sorry, from Amazon where you get both the ebook and the audiobook and it keeps track of both. You can listen to an audiobook and it will highlight the bits in the ebook as you go along. And if you ever miss it, you could just flip through the ebook and you could go back to the place where you're reading and it will continue reading from whatever point you decide to flip your pages to. So I mean, in that sense, it might help with our podcast because we can do searches and eBooks, not paper books that that Peter likes. You know, where you actually need to, you know, flip through physical pages and can't search and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, <laughs> let's stop giving Peter crap about that.
1: Anyway, so I have my issues with audiobook, but what I will say is. Um, I, I can see the benefits, and I can totally see it's going to be very useful if I've already read the book, and I'm going to, and I and I just wanted to have a refresh of the book in my mind. Yeah. That then I can totally see its benefit because by the time I'm rereading or I'm re-listening to this book, in this case, I already have my in my mind what each character sounds like. I already know every kind of all the important things I know who the characters are I don't need to be paying attention to oh who did that person say oh well, that's the thing you know I'm sure when you're listening to certain people say something sometimes whether it's by accent or whether it's just by clarity you miss sometimes what people are saying or you miss hear sometimes what people are saying yep. and that happens and in this case if it's an audio book I don't know what it is. I don't know what I misheard. Did I listen to that correctly? I don't know. So maybe I have to go back and I have to right. I have to reread that letter. I have to reread that sentence anyway. So
0: even narrate and mumble something. Yeah. will
1: Not that. Not that in this case it did right, but that can be a problem in, in if I do listen to more podcasts uh, or audiobooks, Sorry. Um, anyway, so that's just a, one of the few things why I have an issue with. Audiobooks. Okay, and, and I'm sure Serena would agree they're legitimate reasons, some of them.
0: Yeah, some of them are legitimate reasons. Others, I feel, is more of a... You need more experience listening to audiobooks.
1: Mm. Okay. Uh, I think that's enough about me harping on my um, experience with audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've given... I, I think every viewer has already gathered what my view of audiobooks are, so I think we can go past that and actually go back to the uh, main topic for today, and which is... Uh, we'll actually talk about the book. What well, we, yeah, we'll actually talk about the book. So... The audio book that we are doing today is called *The Dispatcher*
0: by John Scalzi. By John Scalzi. And uh, what the book is about is essentially it's a detective novel, uh, but also a sci-fi because it's based in a world where uh, the premise is uh, people can't be murdered. Murdered. They come back if you're murdered.
1: I think it's if people say people can't die. Well, no, actually that's not true.
0: They die. They, they die. They come, back. they come. Yes.
1: Basically, the, the premise of the sh- of the show is you if you commit suicide you die you die
0: if you uh... if you die by an, if you die by an accident you die. you die if you die from old age just naturally or natural any natural causes, causes you, die.
1: you die the only in this world the only supernatural thing that happens is if someone deliberately kills causes you your death, yeah. cause your death you um, come back to life yeah. for some unknown there's reason there's
0: only one in one thousandth chance that you will actually die yeah or 999 other times, you will come back. Yeah. You will arrive back safely in your bed at home.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's the premise of this this <laughs> novel. Yes. Everything else is how we know it as today. Yeah. And that's the only sci-fi part,
0: part oh, of yeah. the show. Um, okay. I guess here's the point where we say spoiler alert. Um, and... We ho- like I know it's a last-minute thing. We're only telling you now that we've changed our our topic, and I didn't actually tweet it. I guess I really should have tweeted it earlier on. But um,
1: and again, I said I apologize to everyone because I really, really meant to watch Stranger Things, but I just didn't have time.
0: <laughs> and. Um, Like, I hope people would give this book a go. As I said, it's only a two-hour, you know, short story, and it's available for free and audible. Um, You know, listen to it first before listening to the rest of the episode if you don't want to get spoiled.
1: By the way, if I can do it, everyone can do it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um,
0: And, I mean, you know, anyone else who who has, you know, to travel to and from work, you know, a couple of days transport, you know, commuting, you'd get through the book, quickly. Okay, so I guess we should start off with, because I want to end on a positive note, what didn't you like about the book? Story-wise.
1: Okay, what didn't I like about the book?
0: (laughs) Okay,
1: the... (laughs) The premise of of the book is that, you know, if someone deliberately kills you, you will... Okay, you die, but then you resurrect back in your home. Right? Yep. Yeah, that That's the way the book... The, the, the phenomenon... Look, by the way, the phenomenon is not explained in a book at all. It doesn't yeah, try been- to explain uh, and it doesn't give you a big uh, spiel about, you know, what... Science fiction methods that it happens that this happens. Okay, There's no it just it Even just the
0: characters themselves don't know why. Yeah, the
1: happen. character actually tells you we don't know why this happens, but it just has happened, and it just tells you if you die, or if someone if someone deliberately tries to kill well, you, will reappear uh, at your home, and that's it. Okay
0: and I think that's where the weakness lies is the fact that at the end of the book they explain to you the reason why you appear at home and not anywhere else is because you actually reappear in the place where you feel safest after you die and I think uh, it, it was a bit
1: it was a bit of a stretch because to be completely honest does everyone feel safest at home I, 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 like personally I, I would ask that question you know, is everyone's safest place at home I, I would argue that that probably doesn't happen for no, no, for most people yes that's probably true but surely there are people who actually don't feel safest Time, at home yeah, yeah. It, it, that would not be there. oh my god something's happening, I need to go home like, it, it's bound to be other places look for for example Completely religious people. I would, I would suggest the safest place would probably be the church or something yeah. like that. And that it doesn't really explain that concept very well in this book because it is a short story. To be fair, it doesn't have a lot of time to explain phenomenons and and whatnot. But uh, by just saying, oh, people die and then they and then they resurrect back at. In the home, that's because that's where they feel the most safest. It tended to be a A little simplified, simplified, and a bit of a stretch. Sometimes it doesn't really work.
0: Well, I mean, it, it was part of the storyline that uh, one of the characters in the book died and did not go home, and that showed that she no longer felt home was safe. That was a main story plot, and it wasn't explained to us until the end of the book so that it was like a, a revelation for the for the readers. It was supposed to be a twist, um, and I feel that it was a little... Forced? Well, it was a little weak. Um, I guess it was one of those situations where we only felt it was weak after we tried to analyse it or think about it. Yeah. While we're
1: reading it... We're while, probably- while, while, while I was listening to the book, I thought, oh, that makes so much sense. And then when I think about it, I was like, wait, wouldn't people have realised that earlier? So the, 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 way, the way it was told through the audiobook was you didn't know that people only reappeared in their home because that was where they feel the safest until later in the book. Yes. In the initial part of the book, they only told you, oh, people just reappear at the home.
0: Yep, and they the stopped it the at bed,
1: that. Yeah. So they don't explain it 's because they felt safest at home that 's why they reappear there,
0: yeah. um, and but they it, also questioned it in the book, and the book is like well if it 's a, a mythical thing, if, if, a, if God was the one who zapped you back at home, how would they know what your address was, what was your lo- you know your latest address? How would it know It, it was kind of left a bit you know uh, they, the they deliberately
1: opened they left it open ended so that they can come back and say, "Well, this is why you go back there, but at the end of the day once we go back and listen to it it's kind of like well it does feel a bit kind of forced upon us to accept that I don't know
0: yeah okay no well yes that was I mean we both agree that that was a little bit weak in that thing Um, and it felt more like it was done that way as a story plot right because we needed to know we needed to be given a reason why certain things happened the way they did why the woman like this is this is like the, the spoiler, spoiler here, right? part. <laughs> like why the woman why, why why uh was it jimmy albert uh decided to help um elaine was it elaine woolwich to kill herself um because he realized that she no longer felt home was safe and therefore um you know he was willing to help her commit suicide I mean, yeah, I um, but yeah, okay, so that's, that's, a, that's
1: okay, so a that, that is one thing that we didn't like okay. which wasn't, to be fair that probably wasn't the first thing that annoyed me the most, I think what annoyed me the most when I first listened to audiobook was the introduction of the female lead, um, Detective Langdon, Detective Langdon. Um, as I said, it, didn't, it took me a while to realise that Detective Langdon was actually female for one, and so the The voice acting kind of threw me off a bit when I was listening, listening to it. But once, even though, even when I actually figured that she was actually female, she was a female detective questioning. Um,
0: uh, oh, Valdez. Valdez, um, I mean, Valdez the, main guy.
1: the main character. The I'm... way the the way the interaction started really annoyed me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think um, instead of saying that her voice annoyed you, I think her character... Her
1: character uh, annoyed like, me.
0: Because she is the character that is um, questioning uh, Valdez about, you know, how dispatches work and why they do things the way they did. Um, and she is a bit... I felt she was a very naive policewoman. Like,
1: oh, very naive. Is, completely naive.
0: Like, she would ask Valdez, oh, what are, like, the the... the Gray stuff that you do, you know, the things that are not exactly legal. He'll ask, uh, no, she'll ask him, and then she gets surprised when he answers and tells her that there is such things, that there are, you know, what the what the you know gray you know, gray gray market stuff are. And I'm like, wait, how long have you be a de- been a detective? Do you not realize that the world has gray
1: areas? It's like yeah. it's not, especially now that we've got this phenomenon where. You when you try to kill someone and they come back to life, you know surely there's a lot of things that can go they can become very gray in this yeah, area like, you know
0: well, I mean the other thing is like in this world where everyone supposedly knows about dispatches and and knows like this guy's in the middle of the road. This woman get hit by a bus. And he's like, you know, I am a legal dispatcher and I will be, you know... Conduct-
1: Dispatching this lady so that she can come back to life.
0: And everyone in the, in you know, on the street understands that. You know, for, for such a well-known phenomenon, you'd reckon that police people would be... Police officers would be trained, would be notified and educated on what, um, what it involves. But in this book, because Langdon is like the 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 uh, plot, the, the device by which the readers learn about this world. She's very um,
1: simple. She <laughs> she every, she questions everything that he does, yeah, and so and he, he and, explains. and so he and in and in that second chapter he explains very thoroughly and very detailly why it's okay for dispatchers to do what they do.
0: And in a way, it's okay because we do need to learn this stuff. But what I have a tru- I have trouble with is then, that she, then she becomes very indignant about things that are happening, like why things are happening the way they are, or like the, the things that people do. And I have a problem with that. Like- for,
1: for example, she um, she asked Lennon, "So what you're doing? What you're doing is you're actually killing the person. You're actually killing this person." In order and, and, and he says, yes, that's that's what I do. I kill the person so that they come back to life. But she harps on so much about the fact that, but you're killing the person. Isn't it's that murder. right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, aren't you killing? And how can you live with yourself that you're killing this person? And, and he's like, well, I've been tested and, and trained, trained to, to deal with what I'm doing. And this is my job. And then, and 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 the way the character is described becomes so preachy. Like she becomes like, it, it, you reckon like, are you a cop or are you, you know, a preacher? And I, I couldn't tell the enough- difference. Like the way she just kept harping on it, she wouldn't let go of those things. She's like, wait, like you're a cop, shouldn't you understand that life? Well, I think this
0: is the problem, right? Because this is a short story, they can't have too many characters floating around. So, and this book is about exploring this world and exploring this premise of what happens in this world where people can't be murdered. And so you have these people whose sole job is to murder people so that they could come back. And um, one of the, I guess, they need to explore all the moralities behind it and all the the possibilities, you know, what, what people would do, what... What second mar- secondary markets are created, and what opportunities are made because of this, and because they don't have another character they could, they could use as a mouthpiece, um, this this cop is used as the the thing to you know as the person to question all these, who who, who voices these questions and voices these concerns and forces the main character to to um, explain and justify these things, but. You know again it 's very it, it, it doesn 't work when the woman is a cop, and she 's asking him you know what the gray areas are, and when he admits that there are gray areas, she then says, "Tell me that you 've never done this tell yeah. me you 've never conducted these things and when it's when it's pretty
1: well not pretty clear, but as a cop, you should realize that the life is not black and
0: white, there are very gray areas in the world and well, not just that. I mean, as a cop, if you want this person to give you information, sometimes you have gotta look the other way. Yeah. And then when you're outraged or indignant about the things that they're telling you, well, it just doesn't seem. You know, why are you asking? Yeah. You know why? Why are you doing? You know, why should this person answer your questions when everything that they say you're being judgy and, and like preachy? As yeah, you
1: yeah. I I and I guess the the one other problem I had with this particular scene was, it it felt like. It came way too early in the story. Like... Oh, yeah. When, when we're listening to uh, Langdon's explanation of... Oh, no, not Langdon, sorry. Uh, Valdez's explanation of what a dispatcher does, why he does it. He, he's killing these people so he can bring them back to life. When she asks him all this, questions, he explains it in a very... Um, calm and kind of detached way he, he yeah. doesn't he, he doesn't have a lot of emotion be it, you can't really tell whether he really means what he says because we don't and we don't know him we don't know the yeah. character very well this is the second chapter we've only know him from the first chapter and a bit into the second chapter and that's yeah. all we know about him it's very short and again i i understand this is a short story there's not that much time to yeah, this develop this is the
0: kind of scene that you think should happen later on in the book after we've seen both characters, uh, how they work, how they think, yeah. and then you have this scene where they kind of both try to argue their point, point of view. view and how they feel the world should work. Yeah. But considering this is a second epi- uh, second uh, chapter, chapter. Uh, we don't care too much about the character. We don't care enough about the characters to care about their discussion.
1: Yeah. So for us, it's more like, oh, why are you doing this? I'm doing this because A, B and C, and we take it on base value. Okay, he said A, B, C that's what he said so I'm just going to say okay sure we, just have, take we just have to take what they say we just have to take what they say it would have At worked value, yeah. it would have worked much better if we see Valdez do what he does and be convinced in why he does it yep and so then we can say yes I agree with why his motivation is like that and yep. therefore I agree with why he's arguing against um, uh, Langdon with with certain issues in, in, in this world it will make much more sense at the moment. It's like, I'm going to argue this. I, I'm going to argue the other way. And it's just like, and I'm just like, I've only been in this argument for the for the last five minutes, so I don't really know why you guys are saying that, or, or I don't know enough of you two to kind of make a judgment, so I'm just going to go, okay, this is not that interesting to yeah, me. Yeah, we're
0: not emotionally connected to the...
1: And, and the I dude. found the second chapter too, which is really annoying because I love the first chapter, that second chapter really threw me off because it made it me it made me go like, I don't want to listen to more of this like if this is what the book is going to be like, if I like I don't want to listen to more of this because it's just like two people arguing. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about the argument. Yeah. Thankfully, it doesn't happen. The book does get much better from then on. I, I yep. just have to say that I didn't like this chapter. So for those of you who do listen to this and didn't like the chapter, you're not the only one.
0: Well, I mean, it's not... The, the second chapter was also weak because this is where they try to force um, Valdez into the case, right? Like They didn't give him a reason to be involved in this case and his character was written in a such a way that he didn't really care about the missing colleague of his, which is like the whole point of this book, right? There's a, there's a missing dispatcher, and they had to find out why he's missing or where he's gone. And this second chapter also um, give us an explanation or give us a reason why Valdez is involved. Is because... Um, uh, he
1: introduced the missing dispatcher to some... Um, gray no, area No no
0: that's not the reason why he was he was um uh, strong-armed into it. How he was strong-armed yeah. into it was because a woman was hit by a bus in front of them, essentially, mm. and he had to do his job as a as a dispatcher, but he didn't have his equipment on him, so therefore he needed to borrow the cop's gun. And the cop essentially said, I'm not going to lend you my gun to save this person. Um, I'm not going to lend you th- my gun um, unless you agree to help me solve this case. And I felt it was not a... It, it did not do Uh, Langdon's character, Justice. Any
1: any favour at all.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, like, as a cop, you'd reckon she would care about a person's well-being. And, like, that woman's only chance was to get shot so that she could be resurrected because she got hit by a bus and it was pretty much obvious that this woman is not going to survive. And because it's a bus, you know, she was hit by a bus, it was an accident. So...
1: Actually, just... Um, I, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but um do you think landon actually... would uh, landon actually have done like would I, would she do you reckon
0: ha- it was a bluff? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah like do you think do you think she would have actually done the act of killing her so she can be resurrected if he wasn't there um from 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 the way she was portrayed in that second uh second chapter,
0: well, I don't think she knows, right? From the way she's portrayed in the second chapter, where she doesn't seem to know anything about like um you know dispatches, like she seems to have the barest knowledge that people come back when they're killed. Yeah. Like, I don't,
1: you don't think she knows enough to kind of do the well, act? Well, that's the
0: thing, well, right? the, and,
1: and yeah, that's the problem in this book because as a cop, you would think that this is... Look, this is not a new phenomenon. Apparently, in this world, the phenomenon has been happening quite For a long years, time. Yeah. So people know about it. So you would think that cops should have some right idea
0: well, or... you know, you reckon because there's only a limited number of dispatchers around that just like... Um, like, dispatchers should not be the only people with the, with the ability to kill people like with the right like legal right to kill people so that they can be resurrected you reckon that people like uh, cops or doctors should be given that right where like like, oh my god there's an accident and this woman's gonna die the only way to save her is to shoot her in the head Mm. or do something right Uh, like doctors have a uh, a moral code, right, where they say that they always try to save someone, which is why on the, in movies and stuff, when someone has a heart attack the first thing people say, is there a doctor around? And then a doctor tries to save them, right? So you reckon that doctors and cops are something, yeah. you, you know, actual trained people should be allowed to, to, to do this disp- dispatching but in this world, apparently the only people who are allowed to do that are dispatchers I mean I guess this is why this is a short story right there are certain
1: loopholes and, and, and missing bits, bits. in like, the story yeah
0: yeah, like you just have to go with it yeah.
1: right by the way really sorry about the hissing noise behind us because um, there's a coffee machine that's being cleaned at the moment uh, yes. <laughs>
0: well I mean we can't blame them I mean it's McDonald's it's one something they don't expect people to be, be recording recording Oh, wow, it's actually one something. We, we, we are running out of time. Um, okay, so one of, uh, just quickly another thing. Is there any other thing about this book that you didn't like? So we can start moving on to something that we do like. Uh, well, there was a thing about... Okay, I didn't like how Valdez didn't seem to have... Uh, like, he finds out his colleague's missing and he doesn't really seem to care. Or, like, he didn't seem to want to help the cult. And I found that a little bit problematic because for me, I'm used to books where the main character would want to do something about it. Like, you know, you find out someone's missing, you wouldn't want to be like, "That's got nothing to do with me. You know, get someone else to help you or something like that. It just felt a little bit... He felt like a prick for saying that.
1: Yeah. Whereas when when I read it, I thought it was
0: completely
1: irrational for the cop to assume that this colleague of his is going to be able to do all this thing for her, just because. Okay, this is before that we know that. Um, Lane like, I mean, uh, Valdez. Valdez actually introduced um, uh, Jimmy Albert. Jimmy Albert into all these dodgy deals. Like this is way before we knew any of that. I think it was inappropriate and and some ways. Uh,
0: Okay. It's what not. What it's okay. it means here, it it, that... it
1: doesn't make sense to assume that a colleague is going to know detailed information about another colleague. And the reason why I said it is because um, if one of my colleagues at work had been missing, and I'll be I'll be I'll be you know kind of. Surprise, Peter will
0: be the pricky person who would be like saying, "No, I'm not going to help you because he's only no a colleague." <laughs> well, no, because I don't know enough
1: information about a, a colleague of mine. Even even if, well, if you ask me, is that colleague a friend of yours? Uh, yes yes. I'm friendly with that person. Yes, he's my friend. We, we we work together. We see each other pretty much every single day. But it and doesn't
0: mean I know what he It does doesn't his mean I know
1: time. It doesn't mean I know anything about him personal, you know? I may I know his name. I probably know if he has a family maybe, but that's about it. It doesn't necessarily mean I know any intimate in- information about that is going to be helpful and it doesn't... And I certainly wouldn't expect some cop to come and ask me, Oh, your colleague has been missing. We need to come and help you find him. Uh, how about, no. I don't know enough information for me to go, Yeah, sure, let me help you. Look, it's a colleague of mine. It's it's not... I, I'm not... It's not even like... I wouldn't even be able to say it's a close friend of mine. And in the book, he says... I am only friendly with the guy and when someone tells you I'm only friendly with the guy I don't know him really that well That's kind of an indication that I'm not going to be able to give you much information. And the way Langdon tried and strong-arms him into helping her, I thought it was like, that doesn't make sense. It's like, why would you naturally assume that this person is going to be able to help you with all these things? It just
0: Aren't you a professional? Shouldn't you be able to find someone else to help you? No, I understand that. It's just that um, from my point of view, it feels like Um, Yeah, I understand in real life you might not know too much about your colleagues. It's just that normally in a book you don't have people who don't care. That much. And Peter's breezing me off. Well, I think we should move on to things we like about the
1: book. (laughs) Okay, to be fair, there is a lot of positives about this book. And I must say, while I still have my issues with audiobook as a format, um... I, as, I've, as I've already mentioned I love the way Zachary Quinto um, portrayed uh, Tony Valdez the main character especially in that first chapter uh, by the way I love the first chapter if if anything that first chapter got me really hooked into this book yep um, it was just the way he tried to explain everything and the way he portrays the character being really calm explaining to the doctor look I'm only here because I'm required, under law. If, I, if nothing happens, if everything goes according to plan, you won't even notice that I'm there. Like the way he tries to um, tone down that situation and try to placate the doctor who was really agitated at the fact that this dispatcher was here in her operating room, she was, you know, really annoyed and really upset about it, and he was just, you know, being smooth and saying, you know, I understand, that's fine just do what you have to do I really like his portrayal of Tony Valdes in that first chapter it, it really got me really got me into the story I, I thought that was great um, and there was just enough intrigue in, in that first chapter to kind of go some things oh by the way I did not actually realise that this was a science fiction book even though Serena actually did tell me I completely missed that part so I didn't know it was science fiction book so when I, listen, when I was listening to it I was like something's off about this conversation and I don't get why it's a bit off I'm not sure how this works why is this person here and, and I was confused But
0: and when the body disappeared
1: and yeah, when, and when, when the operation goes south and this person was about to die and he goes okay I'm going to do my job shoots... The, the patient in the head, and he dies, and I'm like, hey, he what... He
0: delivers the payload, which he differ- is actually a bomb.
1: Yeah, he delivers the payload to the patient's head, it explodes, it kills him instantly, and then suddenly he, the body, you hear this suction sound, and then he goes, boom, disappears, and his body disappears, and I'm and I'm listening to the book going, hey, what what, what the hell happened? I'm like, I, I didn't expect that at all. Um, wow. <laughs> so that was really well set the the, um, the setting was very well done, I loved that opening scene, opening chapter really got me hooked to the story, I loved it and that was one of probably one of the greatest introductions that I can give you if you were listening to an audiobook.
0: Yeah, although in saying that, that the body disappearing is kind of not science fiction and it was a little bit more, like, uh, magical in a way because it's like, what? Like, under what law of physics would a body just disappear after it's been killed? Like, I I just don't understand that. But that's more of a dislike than a like. Now, um...
1: But, but, okay, I'll get to one of my other like. is I did like the fact that there was... Yes, it it was mystical. It probably wasn't very science fiction-y. there's more magic than anything but I liked how in this book there was that uh, there was only one thing you need to accept as science fiction the premise
0: was fairly simple the
1: premise was that if you murder someone that person comes back to life that's basically it. You know, they if you if they died natural causes or if they commit suicide they die. But if you kill them, deliberately killing them, that person will come back to life. And that's the only part you need to accept as truth. Which I liked because it was simple enough, especially for a um, for a, a short audiobook. Yep, yeah, for a short story, yeah. For short sure, story that was brilliant because that's all I needed to know. And that was great because I didn't have to go through well wards and weights of information going, explaining why this happens the science behind it I just need to know, okay, if I accept this that's the truth in and this the world then the rest of the book would and make the, sense yeah, and I liked it, that was great
0: um, okay uh, I guess something else we like or something else, yeah, I think we both like it <laughs> uh, is uh, the elevator scene yeah um, you know the... <laughs> I mean, we both like the, the the mafia guy, like how he gets kidnapped by the mafia, uh, by what? Ren and Tani. Um, they have a conversation, they make a deal, you know, you have this suave, um, slightly grey-ish.
1: Look, this is a mafia turned businessman. Yes. <laughs> so his family, his family has always been in the mafia business, but... This guy is trying to now bring all of those things into the uh, right side of the Uh, world. Make it legit. Yeah, making everything legit. So he's trying to get away from all of that. But they still
0: have bad habits. Habits. And one of the bad habits is kidnapping people, having a chat with them, (laughs) and then at the end, um, they decide, well, you know, we don't want people to know you're talking to us. So one way to, to... to ensure that no one is um,
1: following, uh, us, following or, us or, or, or looking, um, or, or you know, just trying to get information from us, is to prevent people from knowing that we met at all.
0: Yes, and one of the ways is if people are outside this building, you know, tagging you, making sure, you know, trying to figure out who you've been talking to or who I've been talking to. The easiest way is for you not to walk out this building, right? Like you came into the building and you're not going to go out again. But how are you going to get home. Well, in this world, uh, there's a very handy thing. If you get murdered, you return home. So we're going to push you out of the elevator shift, shaft, and you'll return home
1: because you die. And this was probably one of the most. It was it was funny, exciting, and quite
0: um, amusing. Uh, amu- entertaining. Well, I mean, it was one of the only se- one of the earliest scenes we see. Where um, Valdez actually shows any emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's so pissed off afterwards. And <laughs> I found that was kinda of funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because basically he gets pushed off the elevator so that he will die and, and because out of he got yeah, stuff, yeah. Yeah. And because he got pushed, it wasn't natural so he will come back to life. Which he does. And he obviously screams and yells and swears at like, Why am I yeah, well, beep, beep 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 being push down this place and whatnot so that that was very well written and, and it was kind of um, enlightening for me because I didn't think about that at all before that scene happened yeah, yeah. it was kind of like I was I was listening to them telling him oh yeah we, we left your keys back at home your the information that you need is at home
0: yeah we, we took the keys uh, we took your keys and your phone and your wallet off you for a reason because we sent a henchman with your stuff and we left it at your home so that when you died and came back all your stuff would be with you now that was I thought that was kind of yeah yeah
1: so it wasn't until the fact that he says like eh and you know you will wake up where everything is and that's when it kind of clicks to everyone's like oh and then obviously the main character the main character actually tells you oh I am going to die now great (laughs) That's just what I need.
0: Well, and I think that's what you know what I like about this book. Story is they explain to you how if, if the world you know they really explored the premise on what the world would be like if this premise was true, uh, because you know yes that's how you could travel from one place to another without being detected. And one of the other things is that they would show like the jewel scene, like, like um, you know if in this world people don't die, they get murdered. Of course there's going to be stupidity. And of course, you know, university, university students, frat boys, <laughs> will, will, you know, will try and take advantage of this, this phenomenon. And I found it was, you know, this book is really cool in, in showing how in this world, people would really take advantage of this. Well, why would not you not be involved in the duel? Because you'll come back.
1: Yeah, you can't die. Well, there's a very small chance that you will die. And by the way, I hated that scene. I found it to be completely moronic. Um, that's
0: the, well, that's the point, right? Yes,
1: I know it's the point. I still find it was moronic and it didn't further the the story in any way. I, I get it paints a picture for the world, which I get. But because it is a st- short story... I'm more looking so So, what's going to happen next what's going to happen next I don't care about these stupid fat boys trying to kill each other and... whereas
0: I found it was kind of cool because these little nuggets or little, little scenes will show you what else is possible like it tickles my imagination and it makes me think oh you know what you know in this world so many other things could happen so many other stuff like you know Peter actually mentioned in a previous thing Well, you know, that would make airfare really cheap. Like, like you you only need a one, you know, one-way ticket. One-way ticket anywhere, because (laughs) when you want to return home, you just get someone to shoot you in the head and you return home. Although then you wouldn't be able to get any of your stuff back.
1: No, then (laughs) (laughs) all your passports, all your visas, all your luggage is still in the other country. You don't need
0: to ship it. But anyway, um, so
1: shipping things is still cheaper than a full airfare, right?
0: Right now, it still is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's getting don't. there. It's getting there. <laughs> um, did I mention how much it costs to send me that fountain pen back to Australia from Japan?
1: Oh god, I don't want to know.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, um, uh, tangent, tangent. Um, I think, uh, okay, so moving on, one other thing that we liked, well... Yeah, we liked it. It's a lot. It was
1: morbid, but we liked it.
0: (laughs) Like, in this world where you can't murder people, how would you murder someone? Um, And the book actually explained it in a very creepy way, right? Like, you know, they mentioned it in passing that all you need was time. Time. And a location. And, you know, at first you're like... What? "What? I didn't get it. I don't understand. What you mean by time? Like, what, you're going to wait that person out until they die? I'm like, what are they talking about?
1: But in actual sense, it actually does mean that. It just means you get... If you want to murder someone, you take someone, put him into a... Abandoned Se- house, secluded area. Tie them up. Tie them up and let them starve, the... starve them uh, it... without water yeah, and let them, them yeah. yeah and let them basically starve themselves or or be and uh, die of thirst. Yeah. And when they come and, and okay, and this first death is technic- a is yeah. a murder. So they'll come back to life.
0: Now, the thing is, with this uh, resurrection, so to speak, your bo- body is returned back to its state, from um, like what, maximum 30 hours ago. I so, think it's more
1: like, yeah, 5 hours well, ago. Well, they said
0: 12 to 30. Oh, 12, Yeah, 12 to, oh, yeah okay. the, your body reverses back to what it was 12 to 30, uh, 30 hours ago. Now, what happened is that even if you reversed back to 30 hours ago, your body is still dehydrated. It is still It has still sustained a lot of damage from you know, malnutrition and lack of water or whatever.
1: So, and most w- likely, even if you were discovered by then, you would still die. Yeah. And this time, you would actually die of natural, natural causes, causes. as in, you would die of dehydration. Or whatever. Assuming as if you just didn't drink water. It, the, the world doesn't know that you were dehydrated because you were murdered in the first place. So, so you
0: would die. So you would die. <laughs> and you won't come back This is a natural cause. And the thing is it's actually quite creepy when you think about it because this person is tied up in a room and they could scream their you know, scream their throat hoarse and no one will know and you will die. And it's quite creepy. But I thought that was a really cool way. Like it's a very it, creepy it, way to- It kill does
1: someone. it does kind of Well, we actually meant we actually talked about this before and why like, so yeah, if you were list, if you were actually living in this world. You would think something like that. You was like, so how am I going to kill someone if I can't? This
0: premise does not stop people from wanting to kill someone. No,
1: and and that's the thing. I think the way the book actually tries to bring out, I was like, there are loopholes. Yeah. There are still loopholes in, in this world. Even though it seems, oh, this world is really good because you can't murder someone. No, there are still ways you can bypass these things. And and, and,
0: and, and on the other end of the spectrum, I mean, just because you can't kill someone, like this is a way for you to reset your body uh, back 30 hours. And it explores how, even with that, you can... Accidentally cause harm to someone. Like there's still a cruelty to not letting someone die,
1: which, which was um, the main um, the main story actually. The main idea. The main right. idea of it was because you know the uh, one of the the female. What was her name again? El- Sorry, uh, Elaine. 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 Um,
0: her husband, like she, she suffers from cancer, and her husband wants her to go and take all these, you know, medical procedures. Take, you know, all these medical procedures. To try to save cure her. her, yeah, to save her.
1: But it always fails, and so um, she, the the mafia guys actually get a dispatcher to kill her, so she resurrects, so she can go through the process again, yeah, and again. And again. And so, by the end of the story, she gets to the point where she no longer feels safe with him. Well,
0: not just that. She's just sick of living. Yeah, she's sick
1: of living. She doesn't want to live anymore. She feels like, I actually want to do this. So, the story actually ends with... The whole premise of the story is we assume that she was murdered. In actual fact, she actually commits suicide. No, no, uh,
0: no. In the book, we assume that her dispatcher wasn't able to dispatch her. Yeah. It was one in the one thousandth chance that she died, and she died. Um, we thought that the, the, the dispatcher, Jimmy Al- was it? Jimmy Al- uh, Albert? Yeah, Jimmy Albert. We thought that because he failed in dispatching her properly, like successfully, um,
1: that's why he was, you know, c- c- kidnapped
0: or kidnapped. something, yeah. But in actual
1: fact, you know, he was actually only helping that. The like woman, the woman killed herself. To die, <laughs> yeah.
0: the woman killed herself yeah. because she couldn't stand coming back again and, and again and again because she only gets res- like she, her body only reverses back maximum thirty hours. Yeah. She still has cancer,
1: so she's not actually getting any better. She yeah. still has all the pain. She still has all the, all the trauma. And that's the other thing,
0: right? Like uh, you know, even though you reverse back thirty hours, you still remember the pain. You still feel the pain of the. A bomb <laughs> detonating in your head, you know, in your brain, supposedly. So I mean, you know, it's it's a cool uh, it's a cool exploration of this power, yeah, and, and
1: it's and it's and it makes you think about it, you know, yeah, if I had that power to stop someone from dying, would I do it? And how long will I do it for? And actually, that's something that's quite, you know personal for me at the moment because I just lost uh, someone fairly close to me as well so they, it made me think you know would I have done the same thing and would I have kept doing the same thing like that anyway that's uh, not a matter I, <laughs> um, it, I, I did really like the book um, I liked the story I liked parts of the characters Um, I do recommend this book to everyone who hasn't heard of an audiobook before one because it is short so it's easy to get through Um, yeah Serena
0: well I mean I like it because I find that I'm actually liking uh, light science fiction books I like explorations of, of different premises like what would the world be like if such and such thing happened or if such and such thing were uh, possible without having to go too deeply into like the mechanics or the science or the or the theory behind mm. it um, so I really enjoyed this book and of course you know it was narrated by Zachary Quinto and I like him and I like John Scalzi so you know this is a merging of two things that I like and so you know I, I, I like the book
1: would you, would you read the book if it was longer or if it was uh, or if it was set in the same world but just a different story kind of thing.
0: Um, I would I would read it if it was a longer book. Uh, would I read it now that I've read this short story? I I don't know whether it's possible to write another story in this world because I would feel you know the whole idea of people not being murdered, not being able to be murdered, is a perfect setting for a detective story, mm. and you had one. And can you redo another one? I don't know. I I, yeah. it, I, I guess it depends. Yeah. Whether another one.
1: Redo. I'm interested if there was one, but I, as I said, as you said, you know, I probably won't be interested in reading a different story because the, the premise is already known to us we already yeah. know what it's about yeah. uh, I would love to see if it was an expanded story from this but again I don't well, know how well know
0: the ending already yeah I know right so, it. it's yeah.
1: anyway so that's our review of um, The Dispatcher
0: well okay wait no here let me ask you a question would okay. you read another one of John Scalzi's book?
1: book or audiobook?
0: book 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 book
1: sure. Yeah, Audiobook, I still need to think about it, especially if it's a longer one. I would really need to think about it.
0: Well, no, if it's a longer audiobook, I will not ask you to read a John Scalzi book because John Scalzi do tend to do a lot of he says, she says. Yeah. And that might drive you completely insane. <laughs> He's saying that it might actually numb your brain from ever being able to hear the words he said she said. But, you know, that's... But a lot of John Scalzi books are, like, narrated by uh, Will Wheaton. I like Will Wing. Eh, true, true. Anyway, um, we hope you enjoyed this episode um, of Triggerpoint. Uh, uh, well, okay. I, I, well, you can contact us via Twitter on Triggerpoint.fm. Uh, you can contact us on our website, which is Triggerpointfm.com and uh, oh god oh email address triggerpointfm at gmail.com so oh and leave us uh, reviews on iTunes Uh, tell people about us because we need more listeners. (laughs) (laughs) listeners. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, once again, we apologize for the sound quality for this episode. Uh, we I, promised-
0: realized, I realized we were sitting actually underneath a speaker and playing a lot of background music. So yeah. So
1: we do apologize for that. We promise our next one will be back at our studio where everything will be nicely monitored and you know, everything will be in perfect conditions.
0: <laughs> well, if anything, I could use this as an excuse and not actually have to edit this episode at all and just post it as is.
1: Yeah. Uh, this there's actually going to be no editing because we can't actually edit this now so this is a one-off uh, I'll thing I'll try
0: I'll try yeah. um, but okay so what are we going to do for our next episode
1: okay next time we will be doing Stranger Things I promise everyone that wow. we will be doing Stranger Things I will be watching it as soon as I get back to Melbourne um, so yes stay tuned for next episode
0: okay then I'll see you next month next month okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bye
1: bye everyone